0: The reason we celebrate the rapture and live a sacrificial living and accept to be persecuted for this thing, even to the point of death, accepting someone to point a gun at you and kill you, that's all right. Why? Because he has promised that he has killed death. He has finished the sting of death and he has given us a safe passage. That even now, if anything happens to you, look at this now. To tell you the truth, today I will be with you in paradise. He has given a safe passage do you remember psalm 23 verses 3 and 4 even though i pass through the valley of the shadow of death and death is standing like this such that his shadow is even like this he's so close like that i shall fear no evil because he has given a safe passage to us and so that is very serious The transformation that he's talking about is the conversion of the perishable you know how perishable your bodies are right right now even that conversation they said go tell them when the rapture takes place they will have immortal bodies they are glorious bodies like mine that's a very powerful promise bold by voice you understand you can now be righteous and holy forever, serving God in righteousness. Sin will never disturb you, and sin brings death, so death will not touch you. You understand? And all the other benefits of that body, right? So that is the change that also screams at you when you read the scripture. And you remember that change also? We see it, we saw it already. In the book of First John, chapter 3, verse 2, which the Lord wrote in that vision, up above more than a meter and a half. Then wrote 1 John. god and he says that what we shall be in eternity is not yet known however we know this one fact that when christ jesus appears okay for you as a preacher i've taught you these things you have sat under this teaching right for you, you are very powerful people when you're teaching that scripture and you're reading with the church and you say and so all we know is that when christ appears then you just write up there, a christ appearing you divide it into two which one is he talking about there is the rapture and second coming. Then you teach them the second coming, teach them the rapture. For you, you expound that, right? For you, you have sat under this teaching, very profound, very deep, very extensive, right? But in this case, he's talking about the rapture. When Christ appears at rapture, he says, We shall have bodies like him, for we shall see him as he is. And I've said this thing, and I repeat it every day here. Really. <laughs> i always say this thing about the russian <laughs> hallelujah <laughs> you know they present papers in what you call the pns in that place only nobel laureates present papers that's proceedings of national academy of sciences usa those are now called authorities yeah because people like Arthur Konberg, you know people that discovered the dna double helix and dna replication you know these are now serious places But now, what I'm saying is this, that statement is not a joke. When he says, and we shall see him as he is, and when you get to read Revelation chapter 22, verse 4, he repeats that statement, right? Hallelujah. Uh, Don't don't feel bad that I'm talking about Russian physicists and mathematicians and nuclear scientists. Please, it's not a fight between Russia and America, it's just the message of God. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> poquito broma is not a problem in espanol <laughs> hallelujah Amen. but you know i'm simply trying to make you understand that that statement is not a joke when he says you'll see him as he is that is not a joke you know in the church you can read it like that and go eat bread elsewhere but that thing is not a joke look at this now revelation 22:4 verse four he says they will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads Meaning they will see him as he is. Focus on me now so I can explain this because I don't want to leave this, I don't want to leave out the Russian physicists. Hallelujah. No, but I'm saying that when he says you'll see him as he is, it's a very serious thing. Because how are you going to be able to see Christ as he is? It's almost unthinkable, right? Because he appears to 500 people at the same time. And he does what? He appears in a room without crossing through the door closed, or the wall, or the roof. That is called multi dimensionality in those areas, people that go into those kind of areas. Meaning, many dimensions, maybe someone, because if you ask the question, they do modeling, and then they say, then how many dimensions? Okay, now look at this now. In this life, you have 3D. Three dimensions is enough for you to live your life, Right? When you look at the picture of the world, that's called 2D. Okay? Two dimension. But that's not the end. There are other dimensions. He's simply telling us that when the Messiah resurrected with a glorious body, he came in multi-dimensions we may never understand. Because he's walking with them to Emmaus, the same Jesus they used to know, they cannot recognize now. He's saying he's appearing, he's he's not crossing the wall, he's not crossing the roof, but he just appears. That means he operates maybe 2,000 dimensions or whatever, light numbers. And what I said, it's not easy, is the following. He's promised that you will see him as he is. Meaning, if the Messiah is operating in what in this perception, perception in this age, can say 6,000 dimensions, that even you will operate in 6,000 so that you can see him as he is in those dimensions. Did you understand? So that's not a small statement. That's not a small statement. Nobody, we, we cannot, nobody can resolve that or understand it. But I'm just bringing the enormity of the promise that nobody can reject this promise of eternity with God. Are we together? Because if you just read, so we shall see him as he is and you think it's a light thing, you might fool around with it and even mess it up. Not at all. God is inviting you To share in his divine order, divine protocol, divine nature, a mere mortal. Does that make you God? Not at all. But he says you will have bodies like angels. Hallelujah. Very serious promises, bold promises. And so, among the things that hit you, number one, we said the imminency of that day. Day and hour not known. Number two, we also saw that there will be mega transformation. That those who have died, under, they are under, they will come out, resurrected, transformed, glorified, go up. And then those who are alive, also translated, transformed, go up. And then number three is reunion. So can I start with you step by step for a moment? Are we together? So, one of the things that hits you in that scripture a fundamental scripture that describes the rapture of the church, the coming of the Messiah, the snatching of the church. And I say that snatching is more, almost forceful, like this, like the way the, the, the ego comes to steal a chick and go. It's almost forceful. The ego has taken a chick. Hallelujah. So, one of the things that hits you that I want day is the grand rescue. Hallelujah! Because he's saying that Daniel's 70th week is coming. The tribulation and the great tribulation is coming, and the Bible is so eloquent about that time, defines it so well, and says it will be impossible and terrible. If those days had not been shrunk, had not been reduced, no flesh can survive. Then you now, right? You understand that you want out of here. So the Bible says, the book of Romans chapter 8, verse 1, it says, For there is therefore no condemnation for those who are what? In Christ Jesus. You have already accepted him. If you get a chance to read the book of Genesis 18, 25, it says, How can, shall the the righteous judge of heaven take the righteous, mix with the wicked and crush them together and slay them, slaughter them together? So, in Spanish they say, él piense, mente de Dios. If you understand the mind of the Lord, how he thinks, God Almighty normally plans to rescue his people first. He's elected first before he brings wrath. You have already accepted Jesus. Are we together? And that rescue is going to be quite multidimensional today. So, we know very well that in Revelation chapter 3, I'm reading with you, 10 and 11, Apocalypse 3, verse 10, it says the following, Revelation chapter 3, 10 and 11, it says, Since you have kept my command to endure patiently, I also, I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come to the whole known world to test the inhabitants of the earth. Focus on me for a moment. He's saying that this is a conditional statement. Are we together? He's saying, because, because you have kept command to endure patiently. If I were you, I would run to the following. Number one, what does it mean to keep his command? Number two, what is the command to be kept? Do you not understand your exposition? And number three, what does it mean to endure patiently? What is that? does it mean to endure? What does it mean to a patient? If they put the two. What does it mean to endure patiently? And enduring what? Then when he says, I also will now keep, because you've done that, I'll keep you away. What does it mean to keep away from? Can you take the words, the two words? Two words is away from. Let me see if mine are the two words. I will also keep you from. Mine say keep you from. So your key word to highlighter, if you are the highlighter, is from. If you have said i would keep you through, that would be a totally different story, baby. You'll be just preparing. He said, No, I need to start keeping some pudding. I need to start drying some sweet potatoes and cassavas. P- preparing for that time, right? Some instant soups in sachets, you know. You <laughs> would start now preparing because he has said that he's going to keep you through it. Through is the word through. But here he says, From. Remove from. But be careful. It talks about an hour of trial. Look at this now. What is the definition of the hour of trial? Meaning a dispensation time, right? What is the meaning of trial? Once you know those trials, even you will fight to make sure you don't enter the tribulation. Remember we read those trials? The sealed judgments. We went through the trumpet judgments and then went through the bowl judgments. At one point the Lord decides just to flatten the whole earth, right? All mountains bring them down to us, all buildings. This is now serious stuff. Mchezo kando with prosperity gospel. This is now preparing our people for the coming of the Messiah and making them aware that choices have eternal consequences. Watcha kuwake. Kuwake sana, because time is always my problem. Now it's already six. That is very sad. I, Time is a problem, but I thank God we'll begin on it now. He's saying that when you read the scripture of 1 Thessalonians 13 to 18, the scripture that celebrates the rapture of the church, the first thing that hits you is that there is a snatching away. There is a rescue going on here. And in that rescue, look at this now. We have reached again, we are still Revelation 3, 10, 11. Then he says, the hour of trial coming where? To the whole known. Meaning there is nowhere to hide. In Espanol, no tiene lugar para esconder. It's the whole world, total mundo. Are we together now? Oh, Oh, I will hide under... A what? I'll go just to an island away. I'll get away. They get I'll do a getaway. Not at all. The whole known earth will be will pass through this unbelievable shaking and wrath. So he's saying if you are wise, if if you are wise, I mean I would ask you just to avoid this thing, right? You're just prepared to get out of here where the Lord is directing you. That all into the gravity of how it will be and that there is nowhere to hide, he's saying, please, (laughs) just prepare to live. Right? Hallelujah. And he's saying, look at this now. That, uh, again, again, focus on me now. He's saying, it is coming to the whole known earth. And so, if you're going to read the book of Psalm 27, verse 5, and that is the rescue that he's talking about of rapture, Psalm 27, versículo 5. Hallelujah. Psalm 27, verse 5. He says the following. If that is now God rescuing his elect, Psalm 27, verse God verse 5, verse 5. He says the following. For in the day of tribulation, for in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in the pavilion of his dwelling, in the tabernacle of his dwelling place, and he will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent, and he will set my feet on an eternal rock. So if that is now God snatching you at rapture, then we can even do a democratic event here where we can vote. Do you think that place is on the earth? No. Not at all. Because he said the whole earth must face the wrath. And there is nowhere to hide. So this place, you know, for me, it, this tells me that this place is out of here. So we'd rather prepare to get out of here. Hallelujah. And the book of uh, Exodus 33, verse 21, same thing, and I've seen that, you know the Lord did that, he put me on a cliff, but let's read it here, in this context. Exodus 33:21, he says the following, same thing, that rescue. He says, The Lord God said, there is a place near me here, where you may stand on a rock, When my glory passes by, I'll put you in a cliff in the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Hallelujah. He wants to bring you to glory, my Lord, for seven years. So the big question then becomes, when you're in heaven, are you going to be able to see the events on the earth, how they happen? And I know you're going to tell me, I don't want, I just want to focus on worshipping God up there, right? Because remember, John, when he's there, he was seeing. But of course, for him, it was bringing the prophecy forth, right? But this is serious. So there is a rescue that hits your face when you read the scripture, the lead scripture, fundamental scripture that describes the rapture of the church. There is a rescue that is very loud there. That God has come to rescue people. Those that died earlier before rapture and those that are holy and awake at that time. It transforms them with seen transformation but he rescues them, right? And so, that rescue is what I want to handle tonight. I mean, beginning now. Do you know the meaning of the church? The church. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you just said it, right? Is it you said it? Ecclesia. Ecclesia, ecclesia removed from the world, separated from the earth, removed from the world for God's purpose. If you got the root word in Hebrew, it says set apart, set apart for God's use, separated out from the world. And when the church is separated out, what was the reason to separate the church out? What what, what is the reason for which you are born again? Can you talk to me? To go out and evangelize Jesus. To go out to the perishing world and tell them there is a place called the lake of fire. And that place is coming soon. Soon people will be divided into two. Either going to heaven or going to the lake of fire. So your role is to serve the purposes of God. That's why you are created. The church, Ecclesia. And that's why Jesus, right away, in the book of John chapter 8, 12, is is the following? Once you're with me there. John chapter 8, verse 12. You're reading together, right? He says the following. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world, and whoever follows me, will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus himself said he is the light of the world. He has come to shine light into the dark world. Do you see that now? Can I now build on that platform and identify for you who the church is? Okay, Matthew chapter 5. Read with me there. The book of Matthew chapter 5 verse 13 together with you. I'm, dis- I'm still describing the grand rescue that takes place at Rapture. Don't lose me, right? Matthew chapter 5, are we together? Hallelujah. And it says the following Matthew chapter 5, 13, 14. It says, if I look for it here and find it, okay. It says the following it says, the, the salt and the light, right? He said, You are. The salt of the earth But if the salt loses its saltiness How can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything Except to be thrown out And trampled underfoot So Jesus now Steps out to define the church He says the church Is what? The salt of the earth That should change the flavor of the earth The conversation of the earth The saltiness talks about the potency, the power, the efficacy of the blood of Jesus that you so have, the efficacy of the Holy Spirit that you so carry, the power and efficacy of the cross that you have, and you're moving like a storm, and you're changing things wherever you arrive. That now is the definition of the church. Yeah, that's now the church. According to the Lord, he has defined the church. Meaning, your role is to go out and change the world. You are the salt of the earth. Do you remember salt? Look at me, everybody here. In the old days, they didn't have fridges and so forth. So, know, Why am I saying old days? Even in Africa here, right? Maybe in Latin America and the whole world, even Europe. And so if you wanted to preserve some nice meat, let's say you slaughtered something small. Oh, or something big, right? So, <laughs> you slaughtered an animal and you cut out some nice portion. You say, this is caught for some days after the guests have gone. It is caught. It will escort you. How did you preserve it? You salted it. Because of osmotic pressure. That's why sometimes the dentist will tell you, just take gargle some little salt water, warm water also, once in a while, warm water gargoyle you see on top of brushing and flossing and using lyserine but gargoyle some bacteria cannot survive in it wow i've said so much right there and he's saying (laughs) no really i don't take it this is not a joke this is serious now so this is very mighty so he has said he said they used to preserve if they did not have salt supply, they used Jivu. Yeah, they would Okay, where are you people from? Oh, this is the modern generation, right? Okay. Good morning, Kenya. For me, I've seen myself walking in the wilderness. At one point, the Lord removes us out of houses. Yeah. I've shared that all over the world, right? But then, the salt preserves Has a preserving quality. But can you imagine eating food without salt? No flavor. No sabroso. It will not be tasty. Salt makes food delicious. So if he says, you are the salt of the earth, then he's saying, you have the capacity to preserve the earth from decay. For that i blessed you with eternity, my daughter. No, no, I'm talking about you. Thank you. Only you clapped alone, quietly. He's saying you are the salt of the earth. You are meant to preserve the earth, to keep it away from decaying, going bad. Hey, hallelujah, my son. Why not here? Why hasn't JJ moved for you so you fit here, my son? Hallelujah. He's saying, you are the salt of the earth. You are meant to preserve life on the earth. The church is now defining the church. I'm talking about the grand rescue that hits your face when you read the rapture, Right? There is a rescue that takes place. But first of all, I want to define the church. Then I'll tell you, she's being taken away. So you may tell me, who is it that is being withdrawn from the earth? Hallelujah. Ben Mungai, sit in the middle of the road. What is your big deal? Why are you squeezing people? Why do you bother me, Kenyans, when nations are tuned in? I, He's saying that salt preserves the meat, the beef, or the fish. You wash it clean, you remove the scales, you cut, you slice it, you touch touch it with salt. It can go long. You know that. Hallelujah preserving and also when there was a problem with wound they put salt oh yes healed it and then he says the salt food without salt has no taste can you imagine a world where there's food without salt do you know that in those days salt was the currency when you walked you worked for somebody and you're being given a salary, they give in terms of the quantity of salt. Because you wanted salt it also. Salt. When you, when food has no salt, that's bad, right? That's bad. For me to tell you the truth, I don't like it. How about you? your mom they always call back to mom hallelujah so salt is what brings the deliciousness the taste changes the taste and brings deliciousness changes the conversation that the church is supposed to be the one that brings value to life on the earth some taste at least because we are tired of sin Seen, seen throughout. We want a change. We now want something delicious. In the old days, people could just cut onions. You just cut not onions, tomato with ugali and salt and you move on. When you want to buy a bicycle, for example, that's how you eat. (laughs) Ah, Modern generation of WhatsApp and Twitter. I'm talking to them. I, they like popcorn, what, KFC, whatever. You you cut so, you, 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 to, to, to tomatoes with salt. Now, Gali, you ate, you are planning to buy a bicycle. Hallelujah. Amen. So salt is what brings deliciousness to food. And so, the Lord Jesus himself in red is defining the church. I am simply defining this in the context of the grand rescue at Rapture, that you may understand, who is it that the Lord withdraws from the earth? And what then happens to the earth when they are withdrawn, my Lord? I, The rapture of the church, the Lord has spoken with me. I am virtually unstoppable now. I want everybody to see the kingdom of God, that my Lord may have a smile on that day. That the Messiah may smile on that day. Because right now in heaven, they see the nail peers. They see the scars. They see the abuse. They see the blackmail, the malice, the mob, how they slapped him, how they spat on his face. They see all that. But where is the cross, the fruit of the cross? Where is the church for which you paid such a price? What happened to your body? Why are you having such a wound? Oh, I visited the house of my friend. And there was an incident. There was injured injured there. I, man-made marks inside heaven. You remember that day when he came and he put his, door, his, his hand at the door, the left hand, and I saw the fresh nail pierce. But when I went to check after that, the glory, When after that, the next day I checked, I saw there was no blood there. Then I knew that the glorious body has no circulatory system, has no blood. But I'm just saying that the scars can be seen. And they're not scars. Because they are fresh. They are fresh. That shocked me a bit. eh? That the wounds have not healed. We may never understand the price of salvation. That really shocked me. That the wounds were fresh. eh? That actually knocked me out for some time. Until this day. So now. He's defining the church, the citizen of the kingdom of God that he's prepared places for and he's soon taking them, right? Let's listen how he defines them again. Then he goes on to define them, he says, again I begin, he says, uh, the book of Matthew chapter 5 verses 13 on to 16, he says, You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Look at this now. Again, there, there is so much message. I'm just jumping over, right? Because he's saying there is the potential, the possibility of losing saltiness. Oh, that is a tragedy, right? Losing saltiness. The church has lost ukaliwake. The saltiness of the church comes from where? The cross and the blood of Jesus. Does it come from the gospel of prosperity? Absolutely not. Does it come from the gospel of soil seed, get a miracle, corruption? Absolutely not. Hey. Let the fire of the gospel now blaze across the nations. Because the truth will set you free. He's saying, very powerfully here, the next thing he says about the church, he says, verse 14, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light up a lamp and put under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and give light to everybody in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that when they see your good deeds, the creepers walk in the blind walk seeing the deaf hearing, when they see your holy life, when they see your steadfast fear of God, your dressing is holy, your heart is holy, your mind is holy, your children are holy, their dressing is holy. he now says sit down he now says that the church is the light of the world he now says that he now defines her as the light of the world that is powerful especially if you get to read the book of Revelation chapter 1 the lamp stands when heaven now look at this Revelation chapter 1 the way heaven presents the Messiah you remember I've described to you when he has visited with me close proximity right I've described when he comes, appears in the sky, and he walks across the golden sash, the red robe, the golden crown, 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 he prepares the crown, he shows me the nail pierce, walks across, footprint of glory, glory, I can see everywhere he has stepped as he's walking, right? I've shared with you some very deep stuff, deep, uh, deep stuff. On the other end, he returns again, takes the nail pierce, shows it to me, once I've seen it, and then prepares the crown, and then after that, he looks down like this, and he turns and he enters into heaven, the cloud cover him. I've shared those things. I've shared also when he has come close proximity, right? And dreadfully so, right? It's like taking the sun, the sun, full sun, and pump it in one room. You remember? Remember I've shared also the blazing eyes? Yeah, they are not like these flames like this. Within the whole sun, the sun, you remove the red rays. He, the sun now enters where you are staying. The sun, that level... And then he makes sure now he leaves, the, the, the rays go like this on the eyes, horizontal, until they gain eye contact with your eye, with your eye, with your eye as he's talking to you. I've shared deep things. I've been generous because I wanted this generation to see glory, eternity. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so, the way he is presented, heaven presents the Christ. In the book of Revelation, chapter 1, when now he's totally glowing and glorious, and he's standing between the lampstands. What a beautiful way to present the church as the golden lampstand giving light to the dark world. And he's saying that I am the light of the world. And then he turns to the church and says, You are. The light of the world so he has already defined the citizens of glory he has defined his own church he has said the church is the salt of the earth but you know if i say like that the swahili people will tell me just a moment you are, why, is, why would you spoil it that's the word now the salt of the earth. After he has defined the salt of the earth, and the salt of the earth is supposed to use that salt to change the course of events of the earth, the taste of life of the earth, right? After he has defined the light of the world, and the light of the world that is the church is now supposed to use that light. To change the darkness of the earth into light. And then he says that when you read the scripture of 1st Thessalonians chapter 4, 13 and 18 that celebrates the rapture of the church, the first thing that hits you is a big rescue taking place. Who is being rescued? The church. Who is being rescued? The salt of the earth, who is being rescued? The light of the world. Oh! What will the world remain with them? Total darkness, tasteless, chaos, confusion, tempest, obscuridad in Spanish, absolute obscuridad, total darkness. So do you understand what happens there? In that duty of the church, she is supposed to be leading people to Christ. If you if, are you with me? In the book of Zechariah, chapter three, verse two. Remember we have handled Zechariah, big deal the other time, right? The whole Zechariah. Zechariah chapter three, verse two. He says, "Okay, you can begin verse one if you will." Then he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord. Who is the angel of the Lord? The Christ. Then he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord. And Satan standing at his right hand side to accuse him. The Lord said to Satan, The Lord replied, you, Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem, he puke you. He is not this man, a burning stick snatched from the fire. And I did a big exposition on that fire that sin is equal to fire. I did a big sermon in a global service here that sin is equal to fire. that give in to sin, they go straight into the lake of fire. Revelation chapter 14, time will be there. I just want to define who is being removed from the earth. Revelation 14, you can see verses 6, all the way to verse 8, is describing the eternal gospel. We have been there for a long time. Right? I've really preached from that for a very long time. The book of Revelation 14, 6 and 8, the eternal gospel, the first angel flying where the sun is, uh, pronouncing the everlasting gospel. The second angel pronouncing separation from Babylon, the fallen system of this world, religious, economic, political. And then now the third angel warns on those that don't obey the eternal gospel. What happens to them? Those that love sin in Sydney, Australia, in Melbourne, Australia, in Brisbane, Adelaide, Perth, Australia, in Canberra, in Hobart. Hallelujah. Those that love sin there say only oh, I love discotheque after work, you know this is the place we stop by now that it's, you have to buy a task or whatever. That, that you, you are in that kind of mode. I want to read for you what happens to you that you may know that choices have consequences. Says the third angel was nine. The third angel followed them and said in a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast or his image or receives his mark on their forehead or hand, that means if anyone disobeys the Lord.